welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. My name is Andy Neary. Each week, I sit down with abundant thinkers who are kicking ass in life. And we deconstruct the formulas they have used to have success in business and in life to help you unpack your life, your business, so you can do the same. So put a smile on, grab a pen and a paper, get ready to take a ton of notes because you, my friend, are about to go on a wild ride. Here we go. Hey, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. This week, I'm excited to sit down with none other than Chris Shembra. I just love this dude, and I think you're going to as well. Chris is the founder of the 747 Club, an organization that is built on gratitude. Its mission is to help corporations give the gift of community and belonging to their VIP clients and partners. Chris is also the best-selling author of Gratitude and Pasta, The Secret Sauce to Human Connections, which Forbes ranked as the number two in 2020 as a book that will create human connection. Here's a few other of Chris's accomplishments. He is the host of the 747 Conversations podcast. Marketing Insider Group ranked him number five on the 10 motivational speakers that will rock your next event. Smart Hustle named him Entrepreneur of the Year. Clientele Luxury Magazine said Chris was people of 2017 and he was also honored by Good Men Project as one of six successful men smashing the mental health stigma. He was honored along with great names like Michael Phelps. And throughout this episode, we talk about all things gratitude because that's what Chris's business, that's what his life is built on. But it wasn't always that way. Growing up on Hilton Head Island, Chris often found himself feeling left out. The last kid selected for the team or the parties. And Chris literally found himself hitting rock bottom when he had reached college. And it was a trip to Italy while a Broadway producer that changed Chris's life because it was in Italy where Chris discovered the gift of food. Chris discovered the gift of community around food. And he came back to the United States, a man on a mission with a new life, a new vision and a new purpose. And that's when he started the 747 Club. So we dive into his magical 747 dinners, which as most of us have had to do during this pandemic, he had to pivot. They're now virtual 747 dinners. I've actually experienced both a live dinner and the virtual dinner. And I can tell you, these are magical experiences. So if you are looking to create that human connection with your team, your VIP clients, or partners to your organization, I highly suggest you hire Chris to have him perform a virtual 747 dinner for you. Your, your life, your relationships with your team and your clients will never be the same again. So grab a pen, grab a piece of paper because if you are ready to bring some gratitude in your life, Chris is the guy you want to hear from. By the way, I didn't want to mention USA Today also named Chris the guru of gratitude. So get ready. This episode's full of it. All right, here we go. Shift your mindset. Chris Shembra, welcome to Bullpen Sessions, my man. Andy, I've learned so much from you over the years, and I, I'm just so honored to be here uh, with your question asking skills and your breadth of knowledge and wisdom in life. I know it's going to be probably one of the greater conversations I'll have in a long time. Yeah, man. Let's just get right to it. Thank you for, for that compliment. That means a lot, especially coming from you. And, and if, for the folks that are, that are out there and may not know a lot about Chris, Chris grew up in Hilton Head Island. 
Mm-hmm. Chris grew up with my and Amy's favorite musician, Trevor Hall. So if you are a Trevor <laughs> Hall fan out there, Chris grew up with the man. Let's, let's actually start there, Chris. Growing up on Hilton Head Island, who, tell us the, what Chris Schember was like as a kid. Mm. I, I won a lot of awards, but they were what I considered the wrong awards. I always won the Spirit Award, the uh, Coaches Award, the uh, mm, Sucking Up to the Teacher Award, the Being a Fucking Douchebag Award. No, I, I, was a, I was a good, conflicted Southern boy. I did what I was told. I let them put medication down my throat every day since the age of five to, so I didn't have outbursts. I, um, I crossed my T's and dotted my I's. I didn't express myself, the unique, weird, confusing uh, parts about myself. And, um, and I got good grades, and I, and I gave back, and that was it. But inside, boy, I was a fucking mess. I was uh, conflicted, confused, rambunctious, creative, and it was all yearning to come out. And so I, you know, I did the whole growing up thing and then uh, went down to college in uh, Winter Park, Florida. I went to Rollins College. Maybe you went to uh, spring tra- MLB spring training camp near there. Um, and when I got there, I, I did everything I wasn't supposed to. Um, so that led me down the path of suicide, depression, jail rehab because I'd been bottled up so much as a kid. I literally remember them putting me in rubber rooms uh, that had one-way mirrors, and that's how I'd spend every day at Montessori school. I was always the last one called to the party. My invite was always somehow lost in the mail. Hey, guys, what are you doing tonight? Hey, we're over at such and such's house. You want to come? We just started a movie. Well, by the time I got there, the movie was done. I missed everything. Mm. That was Chris. What You just said something I want to ask you about. Because the real quick Chris was bottled up inside, right? Yeah. Just yearning to get out. Yeah. Right there, what, what advice would you give a parent? Because there's probably a parent or two listening in. Or even a child that's going through that. They, that they're maybe not letting the true person that is them come out right now. What advice would you give the parent who has that kid or maybe even the child who is that kid? Mm-hmm. Find an outlet for them to find themselves through and know that that pent up energy, that weirdness, that introversion, that, that stuff, it's actually the most beautiful part about you. Mm. And it's the most beautiful part about your kid. And it's probably a sign of true genius. When your kid is conflicted and, and lashing out, and doing all kinds of weird stuff it means they want attention. Yeah. Uh, but it also means that they've got something greater that they're supposed to do for our world. And maybe they won't get to it when they're young, but they'll get to it eventually. It may take years. It may take a lot of heartache, but it's in there somewhere. And it's a beautiful thing. Well, it reminds me of listening to guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? People like that, they were absolute failures in school. And back then, all he was told was he was a failure because he didn't get good grades because grades were the metric by which you were judged as a success or failure. 
But it's those type of kids that typically go on to do great things. So I, I absolutely will love what you said. Now, so you're, you're known affectionately as the gratitude guru, which is what USA Today coined you, which I absolutely love. But well before the person you are today as a kid, how would you define gratitude back then? It's mm. a great question. I would have likely defined it in a spiritual, uh, virtue-based undertone, right? I, uh, they try to make me go to church. They, they try to make me say my thanks and my prayers. Uh, but I didn't jive too hard with that. See, gratitude as we know it now, it's, it, it's quite simply the acknowledgement that you've received something of value from others. And you are so full of great, G-R-A-T-E, um, which derives from the Latin word gratis. You are so full of great that you have to let that, that giver know or you have to pay that forward. And I'd say, I, I, I'd say gratitude when I was young looked like uh, philanthropy or service to our community. I received so much value from my parents, from the elders in the community, from the people who would visit our little island, from the sacrifice of our ancestors that I always wanted to give back. And, I, you know, it's funny not to brag about my youth or my uh, philanthropic uh, initiatives, but I was reminded recently by my own nanny growing up, Lynn Goins, that my mother used to lavish me with a great deal of coins that I could go and operate the machinery at, at the, the neighborhood arcade. And when I would see kids who didn't have coins, my, uh, my predisposition, my inclination was to bestow upon them my surplus. And I wouldn't use the coins myself. And uh, I learned that from my mother. I learned that from my father. I learned that from my grandparents. I learned that from the great leaders that we always had around us. And we didn't call it gratitude, but we had this inclination uh, to give, uh, to be altruistic. Um, the cool thing about gratitude is now we know it as uh, reciprocal altruism, that when someone is a giver around you and they give something of value to you, you naturally want to give it back. But you don't give it back because of reciprocity, because of being some kind of taker and then a giver. You give it back because it feels good to give. Mm. I think that that's where I want to spend the rest of this conversation. I know you've got limited time today, but that feeling, that feeling mm -hmm. of giving, because after college, you went on, you had success uh, in Broadway, right? In New York mm -hmm. City, you traveled the world uh, mm -hmm. writing plays. Take producing. us to that. Producing. I'm not that, I'm not that creative. <laughs> I'm just the numbers guy. <laughs> but, but massive <laughs> success. I mean, I, you know, Grammys, Tonys, an Emmy, I think was even thrown in there. But you still probably, I, I feel like, weren't completely fulfilled. Correct. So kind of bring us, uh, I guess, full circle into the development and the beginnings of the 747 Club. Like, mm -hmm. who were you, where were you at that time, and what led you to what is now just kind of a, a, a transformational movement? Yeah, life looked pretty good five years ago. You know, I was, uh, I was 27, 28. I was traveling around the world, inspiring millions of people on a yearly basis. I had just gotten done literally building a social campaign that would go on to, uh, to touch over 36 million people. Life looked good, right? 
at least on paper it did. We had to receive the accolades of our peers. We had cash in the bank, food on the table. Life was good. But as the listeners know so well, just because something looks good on paper doesn't mean it feels good in the heart. And that, that moment of realization was in July of 2015. I had just come back from producing a Broadway play in Italy. And boy, oh boy, Italy, I mean, single-handedly changed my life. I got back to New York City and realized this ain't it. See, I felt four things in that moment. Lonely, unfulfilled, disconnected, insecure. And the last time I had felt those four things at once was when I was a kid and they uh, you know, went down the path of suicide, depression, jail, and rehab. I didn't want to go back. So I thought back, what was it about Italy that changed everything? It was the food. So I started playing around in my kitchen, accidentally created a pasta sauce recipe and figured I should probably feed it to people to see if it's even good or not. And I started hosting dinners. Pretty soon I became a we. Pretty soon we had sparked hundreds of thousands of relationships. And the tipping point was at 2 a.m. on a Monday in February of 2016 when I woke up in my bed bawling my eyes out, realizing this is joy. The dinner table had saved my life. I watched a great TED Talk by a wise man named Johan Hari, who once said that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's human connection. See, Andy, I had had it all wrong my whole life. Spent my whole life chasing others. Include me. Include me. Let me be me. When I could finally stand in one spot, my own two feet, focus on creating the safe spaces for others to connect, mm. that I realized I belonged, that that, wow. that was joy. It's almost but like a, a, oh, go ahead. You go. I would say it's almost like it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, it was fucking, it was a community fulfilling prophecy. See, so long ago, we changed into a society uh, essentially with the influence of Descartes into a Cartesian age of I think, therefore I am. No, no, no. We, we prescribe to the Ubuntu philosophy of I am because of you. And only when creating the safe space to fulfill the needs of a community did we finally find ourselves. And upon further inspection, we realized it wasn't because of that pasta sauce. We realized it's because what we talked about every dinner, the principles of gratitude. Andy, every night we ask the same question, whether it's to four-year-olds in Skid Row or directly to Bill and Melinda Gates. If you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, who would that be? Who have you never thought to thank? And when you get to ask that question in small group format, you empower people to talk about others, to practice a posture of otherness, not talk about themselves. And when we realized that we had that gratitude question and we dove into gratitude as a topic for well-being, the whole world came alive. And that, that is truly magical because I can tell you, I, I now having experienced two of those dinners, one in a, in a live setting and one in a virtual setting. Man, if you're out there listening right now and you, and you haven't 
experienced one of Chris's 747 dinners, do yourself a favor, get yourself, get your team on this. Take us through now, Chris. You said, you know, you asked that one defining question. That is kind of the, the, the foundation by which the dinner is, uh, is built. But kind of walk us through what a dinner looks like, maybe in a live setting, and then the twist you have now that the dinner's done in yeah. a virtual setting. From, from front to back, what does that dinner look like? It looks like a three-act play. I couldn't help it. We brought the brain that did so well and the heart that did so well in theater, and we crafted our own kind of uh, theatrical experience. In real life, the dinner takes three hours. You arrive, you drink, you eat appetizers, you meet everybody organically, and then we delegate a bunch of tasks, get everybody to work together to create the meal, to serve each other, to go on these micro little adventures. We sit down for dinner, we have organic discussion, and then the final act is us spending an hour and a half around the dinner table, going around the horn, answering that gratitude question. Everybody gets two to three minutes to share. And Andy, if less than six people cry, we consider it a failed night. That's what we're put on this earth to do. That emotional, that positive emotional transformation. And then COVID. Oh, man. Ooh. COVID sucked. COVID, we said, what? We can't, we can't serve people anymore. We, our whole identity and value in life is determined upon serving people. What are we going to do now? Well, we turned on Zoom and we invited a bunch of people just like July of 2015. Now it was July of 2020. Oh, March 2020, and, and, and we just kind of did it. So the COVID experience, 90 minutes long, people arrive, they get comfortable, they meet a few people. We start off the day in act one by coming into the present. We ask them, what's one word to describe how you feel now? Put that in the group chat below. We'll see people talk about being sad, overwhelmed, tired, anxious, nervous, apprehensive, cautiously optimistic. You name it, they feel it. We break them out into groups of two for six minutes to communicate those feelings. Andy says he's optimistic. Judy says she's pessimistic. Talk. People come back. We debrief their learnings a little bit. That's act one. Act two is the gratitude prompt. We throw people out into groups of three for 15 minutes. Each person gets five minutes each to answer this question, which is crazy because at the in real life dinners, you only get two to three minutes. That's when the tears start flowing. People talk about their moms, their dads, their dead dogs, their third grade teachers, the bitch ex-girlfriend that made them realize they were gay, et cetera, et cetera. And... We close out the night talking about values, talking about the stuff that makes everybody feel like they belong. What do you have in common? Everybody loves loyalty, honesty, frugality, trust. And those are the things that end us on a, on a positive woo-woo type of feeling. Because as Maya Angelou once said, people don't 
won't remember what you said. People won't even remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And uh, Zoom has allowed us to do just that. Well, Chris, I think I can, again, uh, speak from experience. I put together a virtual dinner for my mastermind members. And I honestly didn't know how it was going to go virtually, right? I've experienced a live version. You're like, how are you going to create the same kind of connection in a virtual setting? But I, I can tell you with 100% confidence now, it's no different. You know, as you said, you send people off into breakout rooms, right? To talk, to answer that one question. And it's interesting when everybody comes back and now you've got everybody on the, the Brady Bunch squares, as I like to call them you can see the people who've shed tears and the people yeah. who that five minutes or the 15 minutes has absolutely impacted them. So it is, it is truly amazing, an amazing event. And let's be honest. I mean, today more than ever, we need gratitude in this world. And yeah. so I want to ask you a really important question. Cause I asked it, I asked it to you earlier. I asked you what gratitude meant to you as a kid. Now going and doing what you're doing today, what does gratitude mean to you today? Gratitude is life. Gratitude is legacy. Gratitude is something far bigger than I will ever be. Gratitude is a tool. Gratitude is a, is a, a cheat in the system. It's a shortcut. Gratitude is a gift. Gratitude is an, an experience. Gratitude is love. And gratitude is abundance. See, gratitude is scientifically proven by people far more experienced than us. Barbara Fredrickson, Robert Emmons, Franz DeWall. They've proven that gratitude improves well-being. It helps you develop the positive affect needed for building pro-social relationships. It helps rewire the brain broadens and builds on your ability to be curious, be creative, be productive, be loyal. Uh, it helps you find serendipitous moments of connection across diverse and disparate groups of people. Uh, it's a giver of life and inspires action rather than responds to it. It heals broken relationships. It motivates entire movements into action. And the best part is, is free, easy, immediate, and impactful. Fuck. Enough said, man. So let me finish with two questions. You were a kid filled with insecurity. You were a kid always last, asked last to the party. Your invite always came in just a little bit too late. You felt like you were disconnected. You couldn't connect with people. You felt like you were left out, um, not wanted. You, you just completely felt like a mess, right? Mm-hmm. Now you've got some very famous people, let's be honest, if you go look at this list, saying things about you like this. He's an expert community builder. He sees life like no other. He's extremely inspirational, best kind of connector there is, and he was born to connect people. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Grateful and uh, teary-eyed over here and humbled, uh, but proud. You know, when, when we've asked this question, you know, we've asked this question to a great deal of people and nobody ever talks about themselves. Everybody gives credit and thanks to their mothers, their fathers, their grandparents, the stranger, the third grade, whatever. Uh, 
but hearing those things, it allows me to give gratitude to myself, which I mm. not often do. And, um, you know, he, here I am approaching my 33rd birthday in the next couple of days. And it's, it's just a humbling thing to have received the accolades from our peers at such a young age, things that will take uh, most people a lifetime to achieve. And uh, we've worked hard. You know, we've, we've felt like throwing in the towel a, a heck of a long time, but the good people that we have around us, such as yourself, are what keep us going. And uh, it's a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, man. Uh, you're changing the world, brother, every single day. <laughs> I am so proud of what you're doing. I, I admire the hell out of what you're doing. Last question. What would you say, man, somebody who's in that spot right now, dealing with loss, struggle, challenges, where they're feeling just that insecurity? What advice would you give that, that person, adult, kid, elderly, individual? This is going to sound stupid, but answer that gratitude question. Don't do anything else. If you sit there in a safe space, whether it's by yourself or with another person, don't just think about that question. See, when we think about that question, you end up ruminating and rehearsing and being disorganized and not processing. But when you talk it out or write it out, you process it. It becomes real. The positive memories that you remember through death, they come alive and they become reinforced. The negative memories associated with death, it loses, once you talk about it, it loses the stigma. It loses its, its power, its crippling power over you. Um, so just do that. And when you talk out that answer, when you write out that answer, think about what you've learned from them. Think about what they've learned from you. Think about what you'd say to them if they're here with you right now. Think about how you can carry forth the values, the five to seven values that they stood for in their life. How do those values show up in your life today? How do those values show up in your community today? Gratitude is not just about paying it back. Gratitude is about honoring legacy and paying it forward. And if you do just that, it's literally scientifically back to have you have a better day. Chris. Guaranteed. Chris, man, I, I, we got to end on that one because I'll tell you, this is one of the most philosophical interviews I've ever done. I can guarantee <laughs> that you moved people, you've changed people's lives in just this 25 minutes we had together. So Chris, if somebody wanted to connect with you, they wanted to follow you, they wanted to find out how they can hire you and your team to do a virtual dinner, what are the easiest ways to get a hold of you? Email david at 747club.com org or just find us on LinkedIn. Okay. And I'll put all the links in the show notes cool. as well. So Chris, man, I can't thank you enough. I wanted to have Chris on. I knew his time was limited, but guys, here's the deal. Let's face it. There's a lot of negative, negative shit going on in this world right now, but everything comes back to gratitude. If you can find gratitude in the little things in everyday life, you're going to have a lot more clarity you're going to have a lot more enjoyment and a lot more happiness in your life. And you know what I always say, when clarity and confidence collide, action happens. Go make it happen today. Hey, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you're finding bullpen sessions to be valuable to your business and your life, do me a favor. Please go to Apple. Please subscribe. Give it a five-star rating. And if you have anybody else in your life, whether it's in your personal tribe or in your business that could also 
be impacted by listening to these episodes, do me a favor, share the bullpen sessions with them. I'd be extremely grateful. And until next time, go out, make it happen today. Put a smile on your face and have some fun.